right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and today I have got a message that I believe uh, could potentially help many, many men, who whoever's listening, if, if it's applied. So, you know, when I think about this issue with pornography, I think of it in, in um, two different ways. So there's um, there is a massive spiritual component to this issue, which this is what the podcast has really been addressing. Many of the spiritual components, we talked about the root and remedy of pornography. We talked about the three types of men. We, we talked about all kinds of things. We're looking at scripture, constantly looking at scripture. And then there is a very practical outworking of that. Like, what does this look like in real life? And I'm not necessarily talking about, well, how do you walk in purity, um, because I believe that will actually take care of itself if you get these other parts right. So today we are going to, we're going to uncover some truth about this issue with pornography and masturbation, which I believe can have a massive, massive impact in your, um, a couple things in your mindset. And then in your thought life, like, all right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and today, listen, this is going to be a very, very important uh, podcast that I'm going to share with you today. This is highly important for me. This was one of the biggest discoveries when I discovered this. I began thinking differently. And um, so I'm going to lay this out. I'm going to walk you step by step how to do this. And so I believe that whoever listens to this, like if you listen to this whole thing, you will find it um, very, very beneficial, as beneficial as I did when I started to understand this. And so I, I want to talk real briefly, kind of as, a, as an introduction. You know, I see this issue with pornography a couple of different ways. Most definitely, this is a spiritual issue, right? So this is an issue of the heart, which we've talked about. And if, you, if you've heard me teach anything before about like the five layers of um, pornography addiction, really, when we're talking about, like I took it back to wells in Africa and in Asia, where we were drilling deep, deep beneath the surface, like the pure clean water was deep beneath the surface uh, underground in these aquifers. And that's what people needed. They were drinking surface water. And so this is what we do. We're drinking surface water and it's the dirty water that kills us from the inside. Now, another problem we have mostly with guys is that we are trying to attack this problem or handle this problem or deal with this problem in surface ways. Right, so we we're not we're not attacking it in deep and sustaining like sustaining ways that can actually change the heart. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm gonna I'm gonna like walk you through what I call the circle of insanity. We're going to go in depth, probably as in depth as I've ever um, taught on this, so that you can understand what is going on with you even before you experience a trigger. So we're going to talk about triggers. We're going to talk about a, a lot of things today. 
And so to get our minds right, I want us to think about this. So this is something I was writing about and I put it in my journal. And I just want you to think about this, this uh, as we get into, into this lesson. Number one is you must be missional. Okay, so that may sound strange. You, I want you to see yourself as a missionary. A missionary, a missionary does great things for God because he has a mission in his heart. Like he is on earth to accomplish a mission, and we are all missionaries. You know, I don't look at somebody who lives in the Middle East as a missionary. I just look at them as a child of God who's been called to live in a different culture. Like we are all missionaries. And so you have to have this missional intent about you, this heart, like you have a purpose in life to make disciples. You make disciples in your home. You make disciples within the church. You make disciples at work. You make disciples uh, outside of your, uh, outside of your like normal everyday context, there's, there's all kinds of ways that we make disciples, but we have been called. So you have to be missional. So you have to, in order to be free from pornography, in my opinion, the right way, the God glorifying way, we must have at the core of who we are, this desire to honor the Lord with our entire life. We surrender our life for the advancement of God's kingdom. So we surrender our life. We give it over and say, so what do missionaries who travel across the world do? They say, I'm going to surrender my life living in my current culture and context and take the word of God to a different culture and context. So we too must be willing to say, I am going to sacrifice everything. I'm going to leave these things behind for a better future to give other people a better future. So we're, number one, we're missional. And then number two, we're militant. We're militant. We, we have to be. Like, first, we have to believe that the mission of God is worth it. And like, we have to think about, do we love freedom? If we love freedom, then we'll want other people to experience freedom. And we're going we're gonna to desire to be a part of God's great glorifying adventure that he puts us on, right? So if we don't have that, if we don't have that, if we think this world is all that there is, and really we're seeking to get rid of porn just so we can like ease our conscience, just so we don't feel shame anymore, then we're missing the entire point, right? So, it, and, and if you find yourself where, where like you're listening to this and you're like, well, really, I don't have, I don't have a desire to be on mission with God. Like, I just really want to have a better marriage. Well, there's still hope for you, right? There's still hope. And that hope is when you pray and ask God, like, Lord, grow me in my desire to honor you, to be on mission with you. On mission. And on mission is not the American dream. Right? It's, not, it's not what the world tells you is right. It's not even what I would think, even what popular Christianity tells you is the right thing. So you're missional, right? Be willing to live and die for the mission. 
and then next be militant. So I looked up the word militant and it's uh, an adjective. It's combative and aggressive in support of a political or social cause and typically favoring extreme, violent, or confrontational methods. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like this is not a political or social cause that we're that we're after it is a cause it is god's cause it is his life it is being conformed to the image of his son is being transformed by the renewal of our mind this is this takes a mission a militant attitude right so a, a missional purpose and a militant attitude um i was looking at you know where this word derived from it's a late late middle english in the sense that it is engaged in warfare. This is from Old French or from Latin, militant, serving as a soldier. And this is what you are. Listen to what Moses said in Exodus 15. This, I think this is the Song of Moses right after they were delivered from uh, Egypt and from the hand of Pharaoh and the Red Sea, through the Red Sea. He says, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. First Chronicles 12.8. I love this. I love this because David is on the run. And who does God put around him? He puts around him men who are military men and who are trained for war. Listen to what it says. It says, from the Gadites that there went over to David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty and experienced warriors, expert with shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions and who were swift as gazelles upon the mountain. Verse 22, from day to day, men came to David to help him until there was a great army like an army of God. So this carries over into the New Testament. This militant mindset carries over into the New Testament. 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Paul's writing Timothy and saying, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. You have been enlisted and you have a mission and you are meant to be militant about it. You're not looking for the easy button the path of least resistance. Like you'll hear me say this over and over again, because we need to be reminded almost on a daily basis that we are at war. And it starts with you. It starts with war with yourself. And that's what we're going to talk about with the circle of insanity. Now I could go on and on and on about this militant mindset, this missional attitude, but I'm not going to, because we're going to get right into and maybe I'll come back and do a whole separate podcast just about that, about how, you know, just the, what God's word says about this. But I want us to get into this because this is going to take some time. So if I could draw anything for you, it would be a circle. And that circle would have arrows, like connected arrows that just go in a circle. And I call this the circle of insanity. And it's insanity because for decades, men have been struggling with the same thing. Like I, I was just on the phone. Like I've been on the phone a lot this past week, uh, mainly in the evenings talking with guys who are struggling with pornography. And these guys 
have been struggling for decades. For decades. And the circle of insanity is what is what it is. And so in your mind, so I can't draw it out and, and share it with you, or I would, um, but, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll do something and, and um, you know, put it on a, put it on my website and let you go look at it or download it or whatever you want to do. And if I do, I'll, I'll do that in a different episode. Um, but I want you to imagine this circle of insanity. It all starts with the status quo. This is a status quo. This is who you are. And for most of you listening, right, you've got a few decades behind you of status quo. Like this is just everyday life. This is everyday life. And so what we need to realize that coming into the circle of insanity is our everyday life. And think about what we bring into with us into this circle of insanity, we bring our, with our status quo, we are bringing everything that has happened to us in the past. Okay. Everything that's happened to us in the past. And so when you really think about it, I want you to, to know this, like there's been no person on earth who has had a, what, what would be considered a perfect childhood. Nobody has. And so all of us are bringing some kind of pain, some kind of wound, some kind of hurt into our everyday life. Like we carry it. We, and, and maybe we don't realize we carry it because we bury it, right? We'd rather, we'd rather not talk about it. We'd rather not discuss it. We'd rather not remember it. We'd rather not look at it. But I want you to understand this absolutely impacts this circle of insanity that we're going to get into. And so what kind of wounds? Well, there's, there's different kinds of wounds, but I'll just um, talk about a couple of them. There's, there are traumatic experiences, right? So these are things that we remember, things that happen to us that are traumatic. And so we will always remember them. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, you know, 9-11, like, that was a traumatic experience for everybody. We will always remember 9-11, but, but this is much more personal. Unless you were there, unless you had friends who died in the World Trade Center or at the Pentagon or on that flight, like you likely won't remember. But what are traumatic experiences that have happened to you in the past? So this, these can be like, again, I'm talking about pain or wounds. So these can be wounds of commission. And what that is, these are invasive by nature, right? These are things that have been done to you. They could be physical. They could be emotional. They could be sexual. I mean, I, I was thinking about like when I believe I was at my most vulnerable time, really, really unsure about myself was probably my ninth or 10th grade year. And I just, I just remember struggling big time. Um, during those years. And when I went to school, there was all kind of emotional issues going on with me. And I carried a lot of the insults, you know, kids can be very, very cruel to each other. And I, I was in a very small school. I mean, we were, there were small, so there was no, like, you couldn't just hide in the crowd or whatever. And I just remember it was a very, very tough time for me. So <clears throat> that absolutely impacts 
the way I think about certain things. Maybe how guarded I am. Maybe how, uh, you know, if, if I'm open with certain people. So there's wounds of commission. Then there's also wounds of omission. So these are things that should have been done to us or for us, but we're not. Neglect. Think about it. Physical, emotional abandonment. These types of things absolutely impact us as we're going about our normal life. And so pornography and masturbation may be a way that we, that we try to medicate those wounds. When we try to forget about those wounds and forget them. And so think about it this way. I heard this is a great example. I heard uh, somebody uh, talk about this and I was like, wow, that is a beautiful picture. So this is the truth. Our wounds filter the truth of God's word. And so what I want you to imagine is imagine a coffee pot. So every single morning I get up, uh, typically around 4.30, and I'm making coffee. It's the very first thing I do after I let the dogs outside. And think about if you have the purest water and you filled your coffee maker up with the purest of water before it gets into the pot. So imagine the, that pure water to be the, the truth of God's word. Before it gets into the pot, it goes through all these coffee grounds. And those coffee grounds, all of those, that is what that is. Those are your wounds. And so no matter how you pour the truth of God's word into you, you're always going to filter things through your past experiences. And so think about this. I, you know, I was, the way I was raised in my home absolutely impacts the way I used to look at God's word. And so my dad, who I love, oh my goodness, love so much. Um, he was definitely a disciplinarian. Okay. So he was raised very, very strictly. And so he raised us the same way. And so how do you think, how do you think I interpreted or I filtered the truth of God's love for me? Well, I tended to see God in more of an authoritative way. Like God is, he is always watching me. I better be careful, man. If I do something wrong, I'm going to be punished immediately. And I'm not saying this was like wrong of my dad, but this is the way I viewed it. And so you can see that was, that was filtered. I filtered that. So I want you to think about it. So think about these passages. Psalm 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you believe that your life is a mistake. Some of you have had suicidal thoughts. And yet God tells us the truth. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like he created you for purpose. And porn is not the purpose he created you for. This should give you hope. There is hope. What about John 3.16? God gave his one and only son to save us from our sins. I was reading this morning about the sacrifice in Genesis 22, the sacrifice of Isaac. And it said, he, it, it said Abraham took his son, the son he loved, like it made special mention of this son that he loved, and he took him 
on that three-day journey to sacrifice. And well, God did something much, much greater when he gave his one and only son to save us from our sins. And many of you don't think you're worthy of that kind of love because of what happened to you in the past. So questions that you can begin to ask yourself that may be helpful to you. Can you remember a time when you felt worthless? When was it? Do you have a journal that you could write this in? This is what I would suggest. Can you remember a time when you felt worthless? Have you ever felt that you weren't good enough for someone or that someone didn't like you because of who you are? Like this is, this was going back to, you know, in my uh, early high school years, who was that person and what did they say? What did they do? Can you think of a time when you felt hurt or angry because you wouldn't or couldn't ask for help? So these are the things that we bring with us into the circle of insanity. And they help us, they help us, they aid in our trap. They help us stay trapped in the circle of insanity because we do not address them most of the time. So what happens when we're carrying all of this stuff, this baggage, these past events, and they've distorted the truth of God's word in our life. Like we're believing them and we're allowing them to, um, to shape and create our identity versus the word of God. What happens when we bring them and all of a sudden we get triggered with something. So now we're at the very, if I, again, I have the circle I've drawn, it's triggers top at the top of that circle. You can, you can draw a trigger. So Status quo, you're going about your normal day life. Hey, guys, we're going to work. We're you know, interacting with our family, with our wives, with our kids, or whatever the case is, if you're single, whatever. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, what happens? We get triggered. We get triggered. And what happens when we get triggered? Like, we start to tell ourselves stories. So let's, let's think about triggers. Triggers can be external, right? So they could be a movie, could be a commercial, could be going to the gym. It could be at work, could be just being alone. And I'm specifically talking about triggers that, that begin your stories about looking at porn and masturbation. Now, there are triggers throughout life. So, I mean, I, I think about now when I think about arguments that I have with Allison, my wife, there's always going to be a trigger for that argument. And then I have the opportunity to either believe a story or not believe a story to act on that or not on, act on that. But you're like, you'll never get rid of triggers. You can limit the triggers, right? You can limit the, the external triggers by the movies you watch the types of TV, the social media, all that stuff that you do. And I believe this is what, for the most part, this is what um, like porn blockers and things try to do. They try to remove triggers from your life. But th this issue that we're dealing with, like we mentioned before, this is a deep, deep, deep issue. So we, want, we don't want to deal with external. We want to get down into the root and the heart of the issue. So triggers can be external. They can also be internal. 
right? These can be our emotions, sad, angry, stressed, bored. I can't tell you, like I talked to a lot of guys and some of them talk about external triggers. Almost all of them talk about internal triggers and they can, stress is a big one. Boredom is a big one. Like those types of things are major triggers. And then what happens, they become habitual so that at certain periods of the day or at certain times of the evening, they happen. So I would ask you, like, think about your triggers. Like, what are your triggers? List the most noticeable and frequent triggers that you have. And then are there any triggers that you can remove that you can, that you could deal with pretty easily? Like if you have a habit of scrolling Instagram and you're following people that trigger you, then what can you do? Well, you can unfollow or you can get rid of Instagram. Unfortunately, some of us think that that's too big of a sacrifice. And if that is the case, then that's a whole different discussion. So what can you do to limit or prevent triggers? So triggers are always going to happen, right? We're never going to get rid of all triggers and triggers lead to stories. Now, guys, this is the, probably the most important part of the entire circle of insanity, in my opinion. And the reason is, is because we, like our life is shaped by the stories that we tell ourselves. And these stories, many of these stories are rooted in our identity, who we believe ourselves to be. And so we are always doing something or not doing something based on who we believe ourselves to be. Some of you have told yourself the story long enough that, listen, I'm always going to struggle with pornography. There's, this is going to be with me. This is my thorn in the flesh, blah, blah, blah. Story, story, story. Story. It's just what you want to believe. And some of you are not believing the truth of God's word, like believing the truth of who God says you are. Oh my goodness. There's so much we could go to. There's so much, so, so many stories. So think about your stories. Okay. There's typically, and, and, I, and I specifically am thinking about like Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, <laughs> right? So Paul is saying, hey, don't set it on earthly things. What you think about yourself is very, very important. And so you must set your mind on things above where the reality is you are seated with Christ. That's reality. That's reality. So set your mind there. Think about these things. You are who you, what you think about, what you read, what you dwell on. So what are our stories? There's a couple of different stories. Stories of justification is one, and then stories of entitlement. We are always justifying our behavior. Always, always. You know, when our uh, missions, uh, not mission, worship pastor got fired, this is 20 some years ago, when he got fired because of pornography, and they announced it there on stage. I remember thinking, well, at least I'm not as bad as he is. At least I don't have a problem like he has. That was my story of justification. What are your stories of justification? 
maybe it's something like, well, she doesn't understand how I need sex. She doesn't like sex, so I have to dot, dot, dot. Maybe if she were prettier or more adventurous in bed, this wouldn't happen. These are stories of justification that we tell ourselves about our wives. So instead of confronting the true issues, if these are issues, instead of having conversations that are uncomfortable and can be painful, we would rather just tell ourselves a story. Well, well, it's because of her that I'm doing this. What about entitlement? Like we believe no one else understands what we've been through or the pain we felt. So therefore I'm entitled to do this. No one will love me the way that I need to be loved. So I deserve this. I need to take care of myself. Again, story, story, story. And we're always believing the stories that we tell ourselves. So we need to stop and take an inventory of the stories that we tell ourselves when we get triggered. So the way I like to help guys think about this is when you get triggered, what is the first thing? What is the first thought about looking at pornography and masturbating? What story are you telling yourself to justify what you're about to do next? Because you have to think about it. So going back to the things that have happened to us in our past, if you have like wounds and pains that you've not dealt with, they can produce false stories in us. They can produce false stories in us, right? And so they can have us thinking I'm a bad and worthless person. Like nobody will love me. Nobody will care for me. I'm single or I've been divorced. And, and this is my only way to, to take care of myself. What about other wounds can produce more false stories? Sex is equal to love, and sex is my most important need. Like, this is promoted in our culture. This is absolutely promoted in our culture. Like, this is what we think about so much. And for guys who are single, who are getting married or about to be married, who just get married, they think, hey, well, sex is my most important need so that when I get married, I won't struggle with pornography anymore. That's a story and a lie. What about the story that no one will love me as I am? Is that rooted or based in something that happened in your past? No one will love me as I am. And so what we do is we build walls and we keep people at a distance. And we think if somebody really knew me, they would reject me. And this is a huge fear that we have. Or what about the story? No one will take care of me, but me. And that could have been impacted by your childhood. So stories are vitally, vitally important. So before we are done with this podcast, I'm going to give you some better stories to think about, like a list of better stories to think about. So going back to the circle of insanity, I want you to see triggers are at the top. And then as we come down, we have stories and stories are always going to lead to rituals. Rituals. These are rituals are things that we always do before we act out. And you may not have even realized that you have rituals, but you do. Everybody has a ritual. 
So what, what our rituals, one of my rituals was when I got triggered, one of my rituals was, well, I'll just stay up later than Allison will. She'll go to bed and therefore I'll be by myself and can do whatever I want to do. That was a ritual, staying up and letting Allison go to bed. So I don't, I mean, think about what are your rituals? What are the things that you do every single time? Right? So rituals are done. They're powerful because they're done in anticipation of something rewarding. So you are looking forward to that reward of the dopamine rush, the dopamine, all of that, that you're going to get that sense of relief. You, you've told yourself your story that you're super stressed. And so your ritual is that you pull up Instagram and you start flipping, you go to accounts that you know you shouldn't because this is your ritual because you're telling yourself a story even when you go to that account that well this is not pornography how many of you have done that how many of you have looked at accounts on instagram that you know you should not or even websites that are not considered pornography and you've justified it again your story of justification is well this isn't porn but it's your ritual because you know what it's going to lead to. And so you already are anticipating, anticipating what's to come. So think about what are the triggers and the stories and the rituals, because once you hit a ritual, once you hit a ritual, you will 90% of the time, 99% of the time, you're going to act out. And so one thing that you can do is you can get a sheet of paper and you can write out or on your computer, whatever you want to do, write out your acting out behavior, like write it out. What do you, in, what do you end up doing? Like that is the, the act of pornography and masturbation, write out what you do. And then what is the ritual associated with it? That will help you get a picture of where you currently are, what you're doing. So what are some, I was just, I made a list of, uh, of uh, several triggers, rituals, vulnerabilities, things that, that you need to be aware of. I, thought, I just wrote down 10 of them, things like drinking alone, flirting with someone at work or at the gym or at church, pulling up pictures of a model online. Number four, going to bed after your spouse. Like that's not what I do anymore. I go to bed before Allison or with Allison, always. Maybe it's driving to a place that you used to visit with an affair partner. Watching movies with nudity. Isolating yourself, like withdrawing from healthy accountability. Getting on your phone or computer while you're alone at the house. What about eating poorly, sleeping poorly, not exercising? What that does is make you feel just like you're, you know, you just feel like, wow, I just have zero self-discipline to do any of these things. And so therefore that story just compounds. And then number 10, multiple days out of the word of God, like multiple days out of the word of God, where you're not like sitting and meditating and thinking on the word of God. 
So think about those things. They're very, very, very important. And so what are some stories? So if we're talking about stories, we need to talk about the right types of stories. And this is where you have to be militant. Because the world and your flesh and Satan, they want to tell you different stories. And so I've got a list of them here. You can write these passages down, and then I would encourage you to go and read them. Like, read them and think about them. Like, these inform who you are. This is all about your identity, stories of who you are according to what God says. And then it's going to really be up to you. Do I believe God, or do I just want to keep believing my stories that have led me down the circle of insanity? Because once you go from trigger to story to ritual, you go to acting out. You look at pornography, you masturbate, or whatever your sexual sin is, and then you end up in the pit of shame. You end up in the pit of shame where you feel horrible. You cannot believe you've done what you just promised God the other day that you wouldn't ever do again. And then what happens? What happens? Well, nothing, because you you begin to feel better. Maybe there's a day that goes by 24 hours and you start to feel better about okay, I'm back on track. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to look at porn anymore. So therefore I'm, I'm okay. God, I know you've forgiven me. I believe that I trust that you've forgiven me. And so the other, the left-hand side of the circle is just you going back up to status quo and nothing has changed. You've done nothing. Maybe you've downloaded an internet blocker surface level stuff surface level stuff like kids stuff we have to go deeper we have to address the stories we have to look at and understand how our past is impacted how it's trying to filter out the truth of god's word and so here are the things that i want you to think about and write down and meditate on so that you're believing the right things Number one, in Christ, you are accepted. You're accepted just the way you are. You are accepted. When God looks at you, he's not looking at your works as if you can work your way to him. He is looking at the blood of Christ. That's what makes you acceptable to him. And out of his love and his grace, he is going to change you into the image of the one that you claim you have faith in. That is Jesus Christ. In love, he's going to discipline you. In love, he's going to test you. In love, he's going to grow you and shape you and mold you into the image of his son. Like This is what life is going to be about. It's a, an endurance race. And every mile that we, that we run, it's just another mile closer to our ultimate reward. So in Christ, you're accepted. How do we know this? Well, we have to look at the word. John 1.12, you are God's child. John 15.15, as a disciple, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1, I have been justified. 1 Corinthians 6.17, I'm united with the Lord. I am one with him in spirit. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. 
1 Corinthians 12, 27, I am a member of Christ's body. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8, I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. No matter your past family history, you are adopted into his family. Colossians 1, 13 through 14, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all of my sins. Colossians 2, 9 and 10, I, have, I am complete in Christ. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, I have direct access to the throne through Jesus Christ. So in Christ, I'm accepted. In Christ, I'm secure. You're secure. You're secure. What does porn do to us? Porn challenges our security in Christ. It has us doubting and wondering about our assurance of salvation. Romans 8, 1 through 2, I am free from condemnation. Romans 8, 28, I am assured that God works for my good in all circumstances. Romans 8, 31 through 39, I am free from any condemnation brought against me, and I cannot be separated from the love of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22, I've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. Colossians 3, 1 and 4, I'm hidden with Christ in God. Philippians 1.6, I am confident that God will complete the good work he has started in me. Philippians 3.20, I am a citizen of heaven. 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 1 John 5.18, I am born of God and the evil one cannot touch me. So, in Christ I am accepted. In Christ, I am secure. And then finally, in Christ, I am significant. Now, significance is very, very interesting because God put a desire in every single human to be significant. He gave us that desire. And if he gives us that desire, ultimately, he is the one that fulfills it. And I just want to speak about this briefly because pornography tries to tell you you're significant. Maybe you've been rejected in other places in your life, made to feel insignificant. But I'm telling you, as a child of God, if you have put your faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and trusted in the blood of Jesus Christ, then you are significant in ways that the world can never, ever undermine. John 15, 5, I am the branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine and a channel of his love. He's the true vine. We are the branches. John 15, 16, I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Man, isn't that great? 1 Corinthians 3, 16, I am God's temple. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, I am a minister of reconciliation for God. Ephesians 2, 6, I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Ephesians 2, 10, I am God's workmanship created in him for good works, which he prepared in advance for me to do. How awesome is that? Like God's already prepared the work to do, but I'm his workmanship. That word is like, I'm his masterpiece. Ephesians 3.12, I may approach God with freedom and confidence. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If Christ is strengthening me, if his spirit is strengthening, strengthening me, that means I'm significant in him. So all three of those major headings, in Christ I'm accepted, in Christ I'm secure, and in Christ I am significant. These are the stories we must believe.
And if you are only spending five minutes in daily devotion with God, it is likely that this, these stories will never be yours. These truths will never like find penetration deep into your heart and root out all of the doubt, all of the wounds, all of the struggle that you've been facing, all of the things that you carry with you that want to filter the truth of God's word out of your life. You must come and believe the stories that God says about you, because these are the only stories you can truly believe. These are truth. So I hope this has been helpful to you guys just to think about, to sit and think about this circle of insanity, because it's very, very, very important. Like I, I believe you can, you know, as you listen to this, if you were to draw, if you were to draw that out, I'm 100% positive that you see yourself and you see your actions in these, in this circle of insanity. And God wants to call us out of that to something different, a different status quo, his status quo. All right, guys, that is all for this episode of Porn of the Gospel. I hope this has been helpful. Like, this is my, my true hope is that you, like, think about these things deeply, that God gives you encouragement through his word because you were not created for the prison of porn. You were not created to stay in uh, chains and to be bound up. You were created for freedom, to glorify God with your body, to be on mission with him, to go to war with him, like you are in his army. And so to be in his army, to be an effective leader and fighter and champion of God's word, we have to know the truth and we have to believe the truth. So to that end, I hope this podcast has helped you. And I would appreciate it if you would leave a review. Uh, you know, again, this helps other men find the podcast. If you think it's been helpful, if you think it is truth and not like, I don't want this to be based on my opinion, like freedom from pornography is based in the gospel. That's what it's based in. And now there are things, strategies and tactics that we need to think through practical outworkings of this. And this, this lesson or this podcast was one of those understanding the circle of insanity and how our stories can help keep us trapped doing the same thing for decades. I just spoke with a, with a gentleman yesterday and we were just talking about how this has kept us trapped for decades and decades. You blink and you're still dealing with the same thing. And he finally had had enough and was ready to commit to a completely different life. And I praise God for that because too many of you believe the story that this is just the way you're going to be forever. It's just not truth. All right, brothers. Hope you're encouraged uh, as I am encouraged uh, getting to share this with you. And I'll be back with another episode of Porn and the Gospel.